Hello and welcome to the Glacier Valley Church of God. Today's podcast was recorded live on Sunday before a full church. If there's anything we can do to bless you, to pray for you, please contact us at 907-789-3605. Glacier Valley Church of God, a place of hope, a place of healing. Good to laugh in the house of the Lord, isn't it? We've already felt the presence of God this morning. Amen. Has anybody else felt that burden lift off of you? Amen. Amen. Pray with me, Father. You know that my heart is still heavy over things, Father, that I am going through. So, God, I'm asking you to touch me like you've never touched me before, God, as I. As I say today, Lord, what needs to be said, what it means to be a Christian God, what it means to be a believer, please touch my family, God. Please touch all of the families here, God, who need something from you today, God. And God, can I, can I just say thank you for the babies being born here and thank you for our children, Lord? God, a church really isn't a church anymore when there's no children. So God, I thank you for that, and I thank you for all the people here, and I'm just so grateful that they're here today, and it just means a lot to me, God, that people come to church. They don't have to, God, but they want to. So thank you, God. In your name I pray. Amen. Praise God. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm glad that you're here. Now, look at your other neighbor. Don't you hate it when, I I read this this, uh, little picture, a little meme where uh, this is where the introverts hurt, hate the service the most. All right, so if, you, if you're introverted, raise your hand. Okay, see, you're not really introverted if you raise your hand. I want you to know that. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but introvert, you can always tell it. They always know when I say, look at your neighbor and shake your hand. They're like, oh, I don't want to do that. <laughs> extroverts like, let me find as many neighbors as I can get. Now, you know, I want to say who the extroverts are, but you kind of know who they are. Amen. And so we're just, uh, we're so happy you're here this morning, and I just believe that God has some great things for us, amen? We need to continue to pray for our schools. People have been emailing things and threats, and, and uh, that's the Lord saying we need to wake up and pray for our schools, amen? amen? We don't need anything happening here in Juneau. I come against that in the name of Jesus, amen? We need to pray over our teachers. Teachers are facing extreme stress right now. Uh, I'm going to just go ahead and say this. The district is treating our teachers terribly, and it needs to stop. Amen? It needs to stop. We need to take care of our, and I'm not just saying that because my, uh, my wife is a teacher. I just see it. And we need to take care of our teachers. We need to take care of our students. Uh, a student cannot learn in an environment where there's 30 and 40 kids in a classroom. That's not possible. We need to, we need to do some things here. Amen? We need to pray for our school system. But today, I want to talk, continue, about what it means to be a Christian, what it means to be a believer. If you're in this room and you're a believer, I want you to raise your hand. Amen. Praise God. Everybody raising their hand. Amen. Praise God. We are believers. Amen. What makes you a believer is you said, Jesus, come into my heart, right? Does that mean that you're perfect? Absolutely not, man. We all make mistakes, right? Some of us actually pull for the Pittsburgh Steelers, and that we can't fix that, amen? 
Sorry, Will, I had to bring that up. Praise God. But we all make mistakes. We all do things the wrong way. We all, we all have fallen short of the glory of God. But when we say, Jesus, come into my heart, that separates us. And then God begins to do a work in us. Personally, I don't think that you can get saved and not continue to change. Now, there are people out there who are fighting me on that because they just want to stay the same. They're just looking to get into heaven by the skin of their teeth. They just want to say, I'm saved, I'm going to heaven, I'm just going to continue to do what I do, and it's okay. I want to tell you, that's not how the Christian life has been designed, amen? We have been designed to enter into a relationship with God, and you cannot have a relationship with God and not change in some way, amen? You ever been around somebody and you start taking on their characteristics and say what they say? You ever done that before? You start talking like them and looking like them? For instance, if my wife was here, I would sure that she would wear a blue outfit because I'm wearing a blue outfit. We don't plan those things, but we just kind of dress alike. If you ever notice us sometimes, we're wearing the same colors and we don't even mean to. It just happens, right? You know why? Because we've been married for a while and we think alike. Actually, my thinking has molded into what she thinks is really how I should say it. Sometimes she'll look at, see, she's not here today, so I can say whatever I need to, amen? And you guys are not going to tell her, amen? Amen? <laughs> I'm starting to get a little nervous about this. I, don't, I think you guys are going to rat me out, and it, it's okay. She, know, she knows what I do, but if you rat me out, then I might come stay with you, amen? Amen. But we, you know, when we when we mold into it, when you're with someone long enough, you start to take on their mannerism. You start to do the things that they do. I mean, you're still going to be opposite in some ways. And we battle with our carnal nature, but we are becoming like Christ. The word Christian means like Christ. Amen? I don't know about you, but I'm tired of seeing Christians who just act like living for Christ doesn't matter. I'm tired of seeing believers who think they can do whatever they want, whenever they want, however they want, and it's okay. You, my friend, are not a Christian. You're someone who talks about Christ but does not live for Christ, and there is a difference, amen? It is time, it is time that the church wakes up, amen, because I'm going to let you in on a little secret. Are you ready? These are the last days. Anybody with me? These are the last days. We didn't even know the difference between a man and a woman, amen? I mean, I know the difference between a man and a woman, but if you ask somebody on the street what's the difference, and they give you a long answer that you can't, you can't put something in a construct, and I'm like, no, it's pretty simple, a man and a woman. I mean, I don't know how simple you can get, but the world has convoluted everything. They've messed everything up. They've turned what is down, they've made it up, and what is up, they've made it down to where being a Christian has criminal beliefs, amen? So I want you to know that we are living in the last days, and it is important that we as believers understand what it means to be a Christian, Amen? Today we're going to talk about something Jesus said, and I believe this is the most fundamental thing to being a Christian. He simply said, go. Put this up there for me. Matthew 28, verses 19 through 20. He says, go, therefore. Does that word use the word stay? Does that word use the word delay? What is that word? 
Say it for me. Go. How many letters does go have? Two. You know what the word go means in Greek? It means go. You know what it means in Hebrew? It means go. We don't need to interpret this. It means go. If I were to go over to there, that means that I would walk that way, right? Does it mean I would sit here and talk about it and pray about it? Oh, I need to pray about it before I go. No, I need to go because that's what Jesus said, amen? Oh, I need to, I need to pray about it. I need to talk to people about it before I, there's nothing wrong with getting godly wisdom, amen? But the Lord said to, that was kind of weak, y'all. He said to what? He said to what? Then why do we stay? Why do we stay? We need to go, therefore, and see, we, we always get focused on winning people to the Lord, right? Like, how many salvations would he have, did we have? And the Bible never talks about saving people in that regards. He says, go, therefore, and what? Make disciples. In other words, don't get them just to let me come into their heart. Get them to believe in me and to talk about me. And the way that we do that is we're baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And then we teach them to observe all things that I've commanded you. Teach them. Baptize them. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. In other words, if you do the things that he's commanded you, he's not going to leave you. It may feel like it sometimes. You may feel lonely when you're out there trying to do something for God. Maybe you're the only person saved in your workplace. You may feel like you're the only person saved in, in your family. But I will tell you that Jesus is with you this moment. Amen? Jesus is with you. Jesus commands us to do three, do three things. He says, first of all, go and make disciples of all nations. All nations. All nations. That means everywhere in the world, he said, go and make a disciple of these nations. I want to show you where we're involved at. Can you bring up those pictures, Nick, for me? Or Ezra, whoever it is. I can't tell this far back who, who it is. This is Pakistan. You guys remember a couple years ago we sent some Bibles to Pakistan, right? This week, or the past month ago, let me, let me back up a little bit. A month ago, Muslim community came in and set fire to several of our churches in Pakistan. They also burnt homes and the possessions of several of our members. You know what we did? This church, we sent $1,000 directly to that community, and now they have blankets and food to put back on their table. We're showing them that other churches care about them. Amen? We did it through the denomination. And, we, that, and I hope to send them more at some point, but we sent them $1,000 in faith, believing that God's going to take care of them. There you see supplies going to them. Can you imagine if you've lost everything and all of a sudden there's a box coming to you and you say, we're doing this because we love you? Amen? 
Praise God, I've actually been invited to go to Pakistan. I hope to go next year. My wife is not too keen on the idea yet, but I've been invited to go be a part of this. And I'm going to tell you something. This is where our church can get involved. Amen? Let's go to the next couple slides. I want to show you this. Keep going. This is Guatemala, Casa Shalom. You know what these kids are? They're indigenous. They're Aztec. Look at how they're dressing in their native regalia. How beautiful they are. Their parents have abandoned them. Their parents have left them, and we, this church, blesses them with enough money where they can have clothing and food at the orphanage. Amen? That's what we do. Amen? Let me show you another picture. This is what you did in New Zealand. Can we go to that picture, please? This is New Zealand. We built a church in New Zealand. Now, let's think about this for a minute. Pakistan, Guatemala, New Zealand. Do you guys see where we're at right now as a church? We're not just here in Juneau. This is what the church looked at before. They, there, is not, there was not a church of God in New Zealand. This is what it looked at. But because this church sent money, go to the next picture. This is what it looks like. Doesn't that look wonderful? Doesn't that look wonderful? Brothers and sisters, doesn't, isn't that amazing what God is doing through this church? Amen? But can I, can I share you can I share with you a mission field that we're missing? Can I share with you a mission field that we have not yet addressed? Can I share with you a mission field that is untapped, un, un, well, I'm trying to think of the right word, that we haven't really delved into? Can I show you a mission field that we need to focus on with our heart and our soul and our blood and our sweat and our tears? Can I show you a mission field that we need to focus on? Amen? Can I show it to you? Bring it up for me, please. Where is that? Come on now. You know where that is, right? That is here, amen? We need to focus on Juno, amen? We need to focus on Juno. We need to win the loss. We need to win the homeless person. We need to win the drug addict. We need to win the pedophile. We need to win the drag queen. We need to win people to the, to the cross, amen? Not only do we need to win them, we need to go to the university and win the college students, amen? Come on now, we need to invest in the University of Anchorage, or whatever it is, Alaska Southeast. We need to let them know that you may be a student, you may, you may be hearing things that are not of God, but let me tell you, you can have a relationship with God, amen? We need to have revival in the university, amen? We need to have revival in the school system, amen? That when a teacher who was baptized in the Holy Ghost begins to speak, the children fall out in the aisle in the chairs and wish God into their lives. And when the children are saved and baptized, they go back home to mom and dad, where mom and dad are not acting the way that they should. I can assure you of that, because maybe they've lost faith in the system. Maybe they've been hurt, but the child goes back and says, mom and dad, I want to go to church. 
mom and dad, I, w- I know Jesus now, and I want to go to church. And mom and dad come to church, and we fill these seats, and we fill these eyes with people who need Jesus. Amen? They don't need a handout. Well, maybe they do need a handout. That's not really the issue, but they need Jesus in their lives. Amen? There is a city that needs God, and that is Juneau, Alaska. Amen? See, when this city turns to God, there's an effect that happens because we begin to reach out to the villages. Right now, our villages are, don't have pastors like they should. Do you know why? Because Juno is not the way that it should be. We're not raising up the pastors, amen? We need to raise up holy men and women of God to go to our villages and live there. We need to go, amen? We need to go, amen? We need to go, amen? We need to reach out. We need to reach out to Metlakatla. We need to reach out to Huna. We need to reach out to Angoon, amen? We need to reach out to all the places that are surrounding and let them know that, listen, I know you may be hurt. I know you may be in pain, but there is a God that loves you, amen? Now, see, the devil's come in, and he's done a number because... The church is the one that's done some of that hurt. Yeah, I'm acknowledging it. How many understand what I'm saying? The church has the one that has brought that hurt. We had a conversation yesterday at the men's group because a particular church is offering reparations for the damage that they've done. And what we agreed on is there doesn't need to be reparations. There needs to be healing and forgiveness. Amen? Now, I'm not here to debate. That's not what I'm talking about. You know, some people may feel this way and they may feel this way, but money can't buy happiness. Amen? We need the Holy Ghost. Now, we need people to apologize. We need that. We need apologies. Amen? And I say we. I'm talking about the community. We need that. But what we need more than ever is we need holy men and women of God who have been able to forgive and then go out and tell their brothers and their sisters and their cousins and their aunties and their uncles, hey, listen, I've forgiven what people have done to me. Let me show you how you can live a life of victory, how you can live a life of wholeness, how you can have your culture and God at the same time. Amen? Whoever has told you, Whoever has told you that you can't have the culture and God at the same time is a liar. Can I say that again? You can have the culture, amen? Now, if there's things in the culture that are not of God, then don't do that. But guess what? There's things in my culture that are not of God, amen? In my culture, the Irish culture, we worship trees. I shouldn't do that, right? (laughs) Amen? Everybody understand where I'm coming from? We need to serve God, amen? You can be who you are and serve God, amen? The only thing that we need to change is the sin, not the culture, amen? We need to change the sin in our lives, and the sin is the things that bring us away from God. But what brings us away from God? It's real simple, alcohol, drugs. I read something today, and I think it was, somebody shared this on social media, that the problem with drugs is that you become consumed with that, and then everything, everything that in your life becomes centered around that drug. Well, that's an idol, amen? 
That's an idol. We need to get away from those idols, and we need to reach the world. We need to reach Juno for God. Amen? We need to go into the highways and the byways and compel them to come in. Amen? You know what compel means? You know what compel means? Compel means to beg. But you know why we don't beg? It's because we're embarrassed. Or we don't, we, maybe we don't believe it ourselves. I don't know. But the days are short. Amen? Do you want to see your family members to go to hell? Do you want to see that? Then it is not up to the pastor. It's up to you to compel them to come to Christ. Amen? Compel them to come to Christ. Now, ultimately, they're going to make their decision. And I know I'm being a little strong this morning, but these are the last days. I don't have time to be kind and gentle with my words. I need to be real. Amen? I need to be real with you because the rapture could literally happen right now. Amen? So I'm going to ask you a question at the end of the service. I'm going to prepare you for that question. Are you ready? I'm going to go ahead and say it, but I'm going to ask it at the end of service because I want you to think about what I'm saying, okay? How many people have you won to Christ this year? How many people have you won to Christ? Let's forget about winning to Christ how many people have you spoke to about Christ? How many people have you told them about Jesus? How many people have you actually mentioned the word Jesus to them, amen? Man, when you're first saved, that's all you do, right? When you're first saved, Jesus, 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 the people are like, calm down. Listen, I'm not going to tell you to ever calm down. I'm going to tell you to keep going, amen? We need to be like it was when we were first saved. Anybody that walks by, hey, do you know about Jesus? I remember when my son was being born, we had the little picture of him, his little peanut self, and the, you know, the little x-ray picture or whatever kind of picture it was, and I was showing everybody. I said, this is a picture of my son, a picture of my strangers. I would show them pictures of my son. You know why? Because I was a proud dad. I was a proud dad. Same thing happened when my daughter was born. I'd show them, here's a picture of my daughter. If, you know, when they were babies, I'd, I'd show a picture. Here's a picture of my, of my kids. I don't do that so much anymore, but, you know, because they're older. But maybe I should, amen? In the same way with our love for Christ, when you love something, when you're proud of something, when something is a part of you, you're going to want to share it, amen? You're going to want to let people know, amen? And brothers and sisters, that's something the church has lost. What's happened is people come to church, and they're more focused on what can I get out of it instead of what can I give into it amen that's what's wrong with the church we've stopped being the church and we've become a social club am i being a little rough this morning yes because i don't have time to be nice when the lord is coming back you're not going to sit there you're not going to sit there and say i wish somebody would have told me the truth and god's going to rewind the wheel the reel and come back and say remember when pastor keith was preaching and he said you need to get busy amen we need to get busy for the lord amen we need to go out there we need to let people know amen see i'm crazy people come up to me and fred meyer and they'll say can you pray for me oh yes ma'am dear god right in heaven i don't mess around 
Right then, I pray for them, and I raise my voice, right? Because you know what? I, don't want, pe- I want people to know I'm, praying. I'm not trying to show off. I'm not trying to brag. But if they want me to pray, I'm going to forget about it in five minutes. I'm going to pray right now, amen? You listen, praying for people, that's a testimony. Loving on people, that's a testimony. Asking them where they go to church, that's a testimony. Telling them that Jesus loves them, that's a testimony. The church has forgotten how to do that, amen? One of the things that I love that's going on Wednesday night, and by the way, if you're not coming to Wednesday night, that's where we do our teaching. You're missing out on one-third of what God has for you. Now, i got to be honest with you. If I was missing out on something good, that would make me a little mad. One time I was at dinner, and somebody, it was, I think it was downstairs at the potluck, and somebody had made mac and cheese, and I didn't get any. Everybody knows about mac and cheese, right? Whereas my, my wife makes it cheese and mac. And by the time I got there, it was all gone. <laughs> That's the tragedy of my story. And I was upset about it. I wanted some mac and cheese. I don't want to miss anything, amen? You know why? I know it's hard to tell, but I love food. Praise God. Man, what, what if we were mad if we missed something that God had for us, amen? If we missed something that God has for us and we missed out on too much, then I want to tell you today that we come on Wednesday night to learn from him, to be taught by him. Well, on Wednesday night, we talk about how to evangelize, how to talk to people about God. And Will's been asking people to give their testimony. How many of you can give your testimony, Amen. You know, testimony is a powerful thing. And, and Brother Will asked me, he says, Pastor, give your testimony. And I was a little embarrassed because I said, well, you know, and I was six years old and I, I, I got saved in a Sunday school. And I knelt down and asked the Lord into my heart. I didn't live this crazy life. I just got saved. And, and Brother Will looked at me and he says, what an amazing testimony. Because you didn't wait until later in life. You did it right then. That's a don't ever shortchange yourself. And I realized he was right. Amen. We, God has given us something. He's given us a testimony. Amen. How we come to the Lord. And we need to learn how to evangelize. Amen. We need to learn how to tell people, hey, I may not understand what you're going through, but what I can do is I can tell you what God has done for me. Amen. He, he lifted me out of the miry clay, like David said. He put me on a rock, like David said. I was able to understand things and go through things, and life hasn't been easy for me, but I had a companion by my side who walked me through it, who guided me and was my light, because his word is a lamp into my feet, a light into my path. He was with me. He talked with me. He reassured me. You ever been going through something? A trial, and the Lord just gently speaks to you. Not audibly, possibly audibly. If it's audibly, let me know. That'd be kind of cool. But He just gently speaks to you and says, Don't give up. You ever had that? You ever had that? I was, I was sitting in my office and, and I, would, I, just, I just did something and, and I was stressing about a few things in my life. And all of a sudden, the Lord spoke to me, and he says, I got you, son. Man, I started bawling like a baby. I'm glad nobody came to my door because they just see me. <laughs> Pastor, you okay? I'm fine. 
I mean, I just started crying because the Lord just spoke to me. He says, I got you. You're fine. I know you're stressed about this, and I'm, I want to tell you that I'm going to get you through it. I'm not going to deliver you from it. I'm going to deliver you through it. Amen? And that is our testimony today. Amen? The things that you go through are a testimony of what you've done through. Amen? Because there is a world out there whose son and daughter are in drugs. There's a world out there whose son or daughter is in prison. There's a world out there where their husband has left or their wife has left. There's a world out there where someone in the church hurt them so bad they don't want to go to church again. You know, if we had all the people back in church who have been hurt by church, we would have to have five services. Come on now. Because the devil is a liar, isn't he? Come on, the devil is a liar, isn't he? The devil is a liar, isn't he? The devil is a liar, isn't he? See, you've been faithful and you keep coming and I praise God for that. But it becomes upon us. It becomes upon us and what we are being judged for to let that person know who's been hurt. You've got to come back to the Lord, amen? Brother Will mentioned this earlier and I thought it was pretty funny because they may say, well, I don't like your pastor. And you can say, well, I don't like him either. But we still love God. Maybe don't say that last part. <laughs> Listen, we're not there for the pastor, amen? Honestly, my job is just to deliver the word. How else I do everything else, that's, that's nearly nonsense, okay? My job is to deliver the word, amen? And if I'm delivering the word, then you have no choice but to like me. That's the law. And I'll report you and have you arrested. No, I'm, just <laughs> I'm only joking. If we could only reach those people who have been hurt by church and explain to them how important it is to come back to church. I've had people say, well, I don't want to come to your church because nobody made me feel welcome. And I'm thinking, you guys are the friendliest bunch I've ever met. I don't see how you can not feel welcome. But, you know, people give excuses, don't they? But guess what? we got to love them. Amen? Amen? How many know it's hard to love people sometimes? That's what my wife says. She says it's hard to love her husband sometimes. I don't think that's true, do you? <laughs> Amen. Thank you, Genevieve. Thank you for saying that. Let me walk you through what the church did, the early church. See, what they did is they stayed in one place. They stayed in Jerusalem. They had all those people get saved because they were under the impression, they were under the impression that only the Jews would get saved. Only the Jews would get saved. Isn't it amazing how we interpret the word of God wrong? Isn't that? We think we know the word of God, but we really don't. Because they were just convinced that salvation was for the Jews. And if that were the case, then none of us would be saved, would we? So they stayed in Jerusalem. And ultimately what that caused is that caused some discord. That caused some friction between the people because God was stirring them up. God was stirring them up. He says, you've got to go out. Even Jesus said that. I said, I was, he said, I'm sending you to Judea, Samaria, and to all the earth. But they didn't hear that. They only focused on Jerusalem because that's where they, are you ready for this? That's where they were comfortable. 
Okay, are you ready for my rant of the day? I deal with a lot of ministers, and I hear from them all the time in other parts of the country. Oh, I just want to serve God. And I said, great, we need pastors in Alaska. I need, if I, if I had a pastor right now, I could open a church in Ock Bay or downtown, amen? And, and yes, you'd have to work a job, and, and yes, your wife would have to work a job, and you would have to live in conditions that aren't ideal initially, but if you were there because God wanted you to be, he'd open a door, and I'd get all excited, and I said, well, there's something here for you. Well, wait a minute, I don't, I don't mean, I don't mean that. I, I want to work near my parents. I, w- I want to work around, I can't leave my family. I, I, I had one gentleman, he says, I'm called of God to come to Alaska. And the very next day, he said to me, you know what, I realize I can't leave my family right now. Isn't that how we are? Isn't that how we are? We, we get so attached to the things of this world that we don't realize that there's something out there beyond, amen? There's something out there where people need God this morning. They need the Lord. And I'm gonna tell you, people downtown need the Lord, don't they? People downtown need God this morning, amen? But I don't have anybody to go downtown. I mean, we try to go downtown. We send people downtown as much as we can. We give out clothes. We give out coffee. We do all those things because we want people. I don't care if they're homeless. I don't care if they're drunk. None of that matters. It doesn't matter if they're going to become future church members. They need Jesus. Amen. That's the only thing I care about. But it's time that as a church we realize that we're not like the other church what we're so focused on right here in this particular church. And that's what churches tend to do. They tend to have the R4 and no more mentality. Can I be honest with you for a minute? It's not about numbers. But we should be offended that the seat next to us is empty. Are you hearing me? There needs to be an offense in us. And the moment that we become comfortable with that and okay because maybe we like our space is the moment that we stop being the church that God commanded us to be. He tells us to go, amen, to go, to go, to go, to share the gospel. But there was a pivotal moment. There was a young man named Stephen. And I'm going to tell you something about Stephen. Stephen wasn't part of the original apostles. He wasn't a disciple. He was just a waiter. He was just a servant. Praise God, the church needs more servants, don't we, amen? Let me tell you, if you come into church and you're not doing any type of service, if you're not serving in some capacity, you need to look at that because we need something, amen? There's always a job for you in the church, amen? Serve the Lord, amen? Serve the Lord. Well, pastor, I just just want to receive Well, that's the devil lying to you. Ooh, can I say that again? I just want to receive, Pastor. Quit listening to the lies of the devil. That's nowhere in Scripture. The Bible says, give, and it shall be given to you. Amen? When you put yourself out there and serve, then God is going to minister to your needs. Amen? You're not, he doesn't want us to be just the fat cat receiving all the time. He wants us to exercise our faith. Amen? That means to put into service that which you've been called to do. Amen? Now, Stephen stood up 
Not even an apostle, not even, not even a quote-unquote important person. But he stood up and he told the people about God, amen? Because they brought him into the, the Sanhedrin or the religious place. They brought him there and said, you can't talk about God, amen? Now, see, we don't identify with that in America because we, we think we can talk about God. I dare you to go to the library and start talking about God and watch what happens. I dare you to go in the middle of the school and talk about God and watch what happens. We think that we have freedom, brothers. We do not have the freedom that we used to. Amen? I dare you to go to the council meeting and the assembly meeting and, and, and say, ask if you can pray over the meeting. I dare you to go to the, to the school district meeting and pray over that. They may have some sort of prayer, but it is surely superficial and it is not of God. I'm not trying to offend people who have prayed there. I'm just calling it what it is because I've prayed in the Senate before and I know what that was about. They made sure, it says, like, now make sure you don't mention Jesus. You know what I said? I said, I will mention Jesus. Well, don't say, we love you, Jesus, and I will say, we love you, Jesus. So that's why I don't get invited very often, okay? Listen, I'm not going to just sell my soul so I can have this prestige moment. They, they need to understand that we serve a mighty God. We don't have the, the freedom that we used to, Amen. So Stephen stood up and he gave a passionate defense for the Christian faith and he, and, he, and he said something about Jesus and they got mad and they took him outside and they began to stone him. He died, the first martyr, the first person to die was not, listen to me, oh God, I'm sorry, I'm having a Holy Ghost moment. Hmm. Guys, it's sometimes hard for me to continue on when the Holy Ghost gets a hold of me, so just bear with me a second, okay? Stephen was not some high-ranking apostle. This was the second time that he was mentioned in Scripture, the first time when it was waiting tables. See, so many people want positions in the church, but they only want positions of authority and power. They're not willing to clean toilets. People come to me and they say, I want to be a pastor. I want to do ministry. I said, great. Here's the keys to the bathroom. Go clean me some toilets. Because that's how you start out, amen? That's what you do, amen? You start out humble. And if you start out humble, God will raise you up. And so Stephen stood up and he said, I'm going to preach about the word of God. And as they stoned him, he died. And he said he saw Jesus at the right hand of the Father. And Jesus was standing which at that point meant that Jesus was welcoming him home. Praise God. But something happened at that moment. Read this with me. Acts 8.1. Now Saul was consenting to his death. At that time, a great persecution arose against the church, which was at Jerusalem, and they were scattered throughout the regions of Judea, Samaria, except the apostles. Brothers and sisters, it took persecution for them to go outside their four walls. I don't want that to happen to us. I don't want us to suffer to realize that we need to reach the loss. But sometimes that's what it takes, amen? Sometimes it takes a little adversity to realize that what we have, this treasure in jars of clay, needs to be shared. They ultimately went out, but they still struggled with reaching the Gentiles. 
the non-Jewish people, they struggled with that. Well, Peter had a vision. In Acts chapter 10, listen to this. In it were all kinds of four-footed animals of the earth, wild beasts, creeping things, and birds of the air. And a voice came to me, he said, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. But Peter said, Not so, Lord. Not so. For I have never eaten anything common or unclean. God said, Rise up, kill and eat. The Lord is telling us, rise up and share the word. And you know, our response is, God, I'm not going to do that because they don't look like me. They don't act like me. They don't do things like I do. I am holy and I am pure. I can't, I can't be affiliated with something like that. Isn't that how we church people can be sometimes? We become high and mighty, forgetting that we were once not high and mighty. Have we forgotten who we used to be? How many drunks were in this room? You used to be drunk. Come on, raise your hand. All right? How many, uh, how many drug addicts? You're willing to raise your hand and say, that's me, pastor. How many abusers? How many? I can just go down the list, amen? We got a bunch of drunks and alcoholics in this room, mate. Praise God. I love that about our church. You know that, right? I, you know, I, I hate churches where you go and everybody's perfect because guess what? They're not, amen? I think we should have alcoholics. I think we should have transgenders. I think we should have pedophiles. I think we should have uh, abusers, amen? You know why? Not because I want them to continue their lifestyle, but because God loves them and they need to know that God loves them and what a testimony that they can come in and be part of the gospel, amen? And I, I, gotta, I gotta say this again because this really annoys me. I'm tired of people saying you gotta change your culture to be a Christian. Can I address that for a moment? Are we good? God never said stop being who you are. He said stop sinning. Can I be clear on that? Can I be clear on that? You can't change who you, I'm, listen, I'm a little frustrated about this, can you tell? People coming in and says, you can't do that. Who are they to say that? Who are they to say that? Who am I to say that? The only thing you're gonna hear from me is stop sinning. Amen? If you wanna dance around, I don't care, dance around as long as you're not you know, doing something wrong. Amen? And you know, sometimes doing something wrong is between you and God. Who am I to judge that? Okay, man? What I'm saying is that we need to love God. This is a real simple principle. Are you ready for each other? We need to love God and love each other. That doesn't get a lot of response sometimes, so I'm going to say it again. Because loving each other is hard, isn't it? Because sometimes the way someone looks evokes a negative memory. Amen? When you see somebody, it reminds you of something that hurt you and it's hard to love them. Can I tell you what Jesus did? Who killed Jesus? Was it the Romans? No, it was the Pharisees. The Pharisees mocked Jesus on the cross. They says, physician, heal thyself. You know what Jesus said? Father, forgive them because they don't know what they do. Whoa. They were hurting him and embarrassing him and mocking him and abusing him. And he said, Father, forgive them. We need to love people. 
We need to love people, amen? We need to love the people that hurt us, amen? We, come on now. Amen. Let me hear some amens. Even if you disagree with me, it doesn't matter. We need to love people, amen? amen. You got to love your pastor, amen? amen? Again, that was kind of weak. We're going to keep going. <laughs> Let me say it again so I can feel good about myself. We need to love our pastor, amen? Okay, thank you. All right, thank you. That makes me feel better. Otherwise, I'm going to think you have a secret plot to get rid of me, and I don't want that, okay? We need to love each other, right? We need to love our family members, right? We need to love other races, don't we? That's tough, isn't it? We need to love leadership. We need to love our spouses, don't we? I'm going to say that one more time. We need to love our spouses, don't we? Well, Pastor, I don't have a spouse. Well, you love like you do, and then God will take care of the rest. Amen? God will take care of the rest. We need to love our children, don't we? Even when they annoy us. Amen? We need to love our grandchildren. I don't have any yet, but I don't think my grandchildren will ever annoy me because they're grandkids, and they don't do that. Amen? We need to love people. Amen? Well, Stephen... Set apart. He said that I want, he said, oh, I, I'm past that. We're with Peter. So Peter says, not so, Lord, for I have never eaten anything common or unclean. Listen to what the Lord says. Is that a voice spoke to him again, again, for the second time. How many times does God need to speak to us? Amen? He said, what God has cleansed, you must not call common. Now, that does not mean if a transgender walked into our church dressed in woman's clothes, that God is okay with that. Don't mean that. But what it does mean is that God is willing to save and sanctify that man and deliver them, or that woman, and deliver them from the drugs, the alcohol, the alternative lifestyle. It is not our job to judge people. Our job is to love people, amen? Love people. Now, I know, I know there's people in this room right now who disagree with me, who think it's okay, and I will tell you that it is emphatically not okay. You can be mad at me if you want, but I will never, never not allow someone to come into this church so we can demonstrate to them how church should be, amen? How church should be, amen? We need to love people. I'm not here to beat them up and embarrass them. I'm not here to make them feel bad about themselves. I'm here for them to come under the anointing and the conviction of the Holy Spirit spirit. Amen. We need to reach out to our brothers. We need to reach out to our sisters. We need to reach out to those people in our lives who are estranged and let them know that Jesus loves them. It is not whether or not they come to this church. What matters is they going to heaven. Amen. Are they going to heaven? Amen. I want everybody in Juneau to go to heaven. Amen. See, we baptize because it symbolizes a transition in your life. It symbolizes what God has done in you. He's washed you from your sins. And then we teach because it fills in the gaps and the holes that are there. You know, I've been thinking about this. We struggle with Wednesday night because we're not able to offer anything for the kids. A lot of people want to bring their children. 
but there's nothing for the kids. What if someone had it on their heart that they would just take the kids downstairs and do a lesson? What if someone felt that? And I never forget, I was talking to someone when I first got here. I was talking to someone about children's ministry, and the word that they gave me, they said, I've already done that. I'm not doing it again. That's not who I am. And I was trying to find in Scripture where that was written, and I couldn't. Somehow we tell God what we're going to do instead of God telling us what we're going to do. Do you realize that the children of this church deserve our attention? Do you realize that? Do do you realize that the children of this church need to know that we think that they're important? Do you realize that the children of this church need to realize that they matter to us? I got to share this with you. Yesterday, we had the men's cookout, and if you didn't come, it was a blast. We, man, we had brats, we had hamburgers, and we just laughed and cut up and made fun of each other, which is kind of what men do. We just had a great time. And uh, I, I, something touched me, and I was able to sit by Jeff's boys. And uh, I got to tell you what that meant to me, Jeff. Because they, they kind of snuggled up next to me a little bit. Because they love their dad. They do. They love dad. But they needed another man. They needed another man, brothers and sisters, to love them too. Are you hearing what I'm saying? We've become, we've become so afraid. We've become so afraid to show affection towards other children because we think that it's weird and creepy. You know who doesn't think it's weird and creepy is the kids. We let the devil, now, I'm not talking about anything appropriate. You let, don't force the child to hug you, but like little Mia, she comes up to me and she hugs me, and guess what? If she doesn't want to hug me, she's not going to hug me, right? And I'm okay with that because she's a young girl. She doesn't need to feel forced about anything, amen? But when champ comes, champ will hug anybody and beat you up at the same time, right? Champ, champ made me dinner the other night. He made some noodles. It was pretty, I, I'm not going to tell you the whole story, but it was hilarious. Champ wanted me to know he was there, amen? I'm not going to say who he's like, but we all know who he's like, right? Right, amen? <laughs> I was able to hang around some of the kids, you know, and, and when I was at the school the other day and Jeff's kids were there, and man, I just saw them and they saw, I, I mean, I just love that. And as a pastor, I need to do that, I mean, but what if everybody in the church did that? Do we not understand that the kids in this church are also our mission field, amen? We don't, children, I realize that for the longest time we've been taught that children should be seen and not heard. I want to tell you that is not the gospel, amen? In the Bible, in the Old Testament, children are to be heard, amen? They are need to be heard. They need to ask the questions without rebuke, amen? They need to know the story of the gospel, amen? And they need to know that we love them. I need to keep going, amen? We send our kids to, to school so they can function in this world. We teach them socially to learn our ways, but in church there seems to be less attention to that. That's why people don't come on Wednesday night, because we don't have that teacher. Everybody wants to sit in service and not serve. I know we're tired. I know we all work. I get that, but there's a blessing in serving. Amen? 
I'm not trying to make you feel guilty, but maybe God's talking to you, amen? And if God's talking to you, maybe you should listen, amen? Because a child depends on you, amen? And the same thing with you. You need to come to the house of God, but more often than not, you need to preach the word of God. You need to share the word of God. I'm gonna give you a little bit of challenge. Are you ready? Are you ready? This is my challenge to you. I don't want you to simply tell someone Jesus loves them. I, I mean, yes, you can do that. But you know what I want you to be able to do? I want you to be able to give, this is building on what Will's been doing. I want you to give your testimony to somebody by the, let's say, the end of October. And I want you to tell me, come to me privately and tell me how you felt when you did it. For you introverts, raise your hand again. I know you're an introvert because you don't raise your hand. This is hard. It's hard to share your story. But your personality is not an excuse. We must share the gospel, amen? Just share your story. Don't feel like you have to win them to the Lord at that moment. But watch what God does, amen? Watch what God does. Now let me give you another little secret, okay? You ready? You've probably heard this before, and I'm closing here in a minute, so go ahead and put on some music. I'm going to have them do music because our praise team is, my daughter's voice is given out, so I'm going to have them do music this way. What if each person in this room within the next year was able to win one person? And they started coming to church. Do you hear me? What if Hear me. What if you were able to win somebody? What if you were able to win a family member? You give up, oh, pastor, that'll never happen. Well, if you believe that, then that's true. It'll never happen. But what if? What if you started praying and said, God, bring me somebody that I can share the gospel? And then you started sharing the gospel. You know, as a teacher, Carol, if they tell you you can't share the gospel in school, well, guess what? God will make a way. He will. God will make a way, Felicia, for you in school. God will make a way, Julie, for you in school. God will make a way if you ask him. And when you ask the Lord to open the door, guess what he's going to do? He's going to open that door, amen? He's going to open that door, Robert, even at the state. He'll open that door. You may be scared, and I get it. I get scared sometimes too. And there's an urgency in me. Because, man, I feel God coming. I, I don't have to receive this rhema word, I see it. Look at our country right now. Look at this world. God's coming back. Amen? And then I don't know about you, but if there was a fire in the house, I'm going to try to save as many as I can. Amen? There's a fire coming to this world, and we need to save as many as we can. Amen? Look around you right now. Who's not here this morning? 
I see some people who are not here this morning. We need to be on the phone to them saying, hey, we missed you. We love you. Margaret's not here because she's at the hospital. We need to pray for her this morning. Amen. Uh, Ella's not here because she's had some health issues and she's not going to be able to continue because of her health. We need to pray for them. Amen. We need to lift up. We need to pray. We need to love our brothers and sisters. Amen. We need to call them on the phone. Amen. How many of you call someone from the church during the week? I'm not talking about family members. I'm talking about people from the church. You know what I love to do? I love to text people. I love to text. Some people don't like text, but I don't care. I love to text. It's easy. Boom. How are you? They write me back. Who's this? It's your pastor. Come to church and you would know that. No, I don't say that last part. What if we love people? How many have a child right now that is not serving God? How many have family members that are not serving God? Does your heart break or have you given up? How many, how many have friends that are not serving God? How many, how many want to see them come to God? Guess who God has put in their path to make sure they know? You. Amen? You. You. And guess what? You don't have to be a biblical scholar to know these things. You don't have to know the Bible inside and out. If they try to tell you, oh, the Bible is written by a bunch of men, you can say, well, praise God, I've never seen something written by a bunch of men be so accurate, amen? You don't have to debate anybody. Just simply say, Jesus loves you, and the Holy Spirit's going to do the rest. Would you stand with me, please? Hallelujah. Lord, I love you. I know I went a long time today. I know I did, but man, my heart is heavy. If you have a family member that you want to see saved, step out right here, right now. Right now, come. Come. You have a family member that needs to be saved. Right here, right now, come. If you have a friend that needs to be saved, come up here, right here, right now. Step out. Thank you for listening to our service. Be sure to catch the video edition of this on either YouTube or Facebook Live. Again, if you need prayer, contact us at 907-789-3605. May God richly bless you in all things.